0: Wordplay, Theatre for the Ear and the Imagination, presents Pilate's Wife, an episode from the book Son of Man by Khalil Gibran. Gibran was a 20th century Maronite Christian writer who emigrated to the United States from Lebanon. He is best known for his book The Prophet. In Matthew 27, 19, Pilate's Wife because of a dream she has had, begs Pilate not to have anything to do with the accusations against Jesus. In this fictionalized account, Gibran portrays the effect that Jesus had on the relationship between Pontius Pilate, Roman governor of Judea, who condemned Jesus to death, and his wife, Claudia Procula. The actors in our production are husband and wife. Jeffrey DeSisto plays Pontius Pilate. And Mary DeSisto plays Claudia Procula. Father Matthew Powell compiled the script.
1: My wife spoke of Jesus many times before he was brought before me, but I was not concerned. My wife is a dreamer, and she is given, like so many Roman women of her rank, to eastern cults and rituals. And these cults are dangerous to the empire, and when they find a path to the hearts of our women, they become destructive. As for Jesus, I never saw the man before he was delivered up to me as a malefactor, as an enemy of his own nation and of Rome.
2: I was walking with my maidens in the groves outside of Jerusalem when I saw Jesus with a few men and women sitting about him. And he was speaking to them in a language which I only half understood. But one needs not a language to perceive a pillar of light or a mountain of crystal. The heart knows what the tongue may never utter, and the ears may never hear. He was speaking to his friends of love and strength. I know he spoke of love because there was melody in his voice. And I know he spoke of strength because there were armies in his gestures. And he was tender, though even my husband could not have spoken with such authority. When he saw me passing by, he stopped speaking for a moment and looked kindly upon me. And I was humbled, and in my soul I knew I had passed by a god.
1: Jesus was brought into the hall of judgment with his arms bound to his body with ropes. I was sitting upon the dais, and he walked towards me with long, firm steps. Then he stood erect and his head was held high. And I cannot fathom what came over me at that moment. But it was suddenly my desire, though not my will, to rise and go down from the dais and fall before him. I felt as if Caesar had entered the hall, a man greater than even Rome herself. But this lasted only a moment. And then I simply saw a man who was accused of treason by his own people. And I was his governor and his judge. I questioned him, but he would not answer. He only looked at me. And in his look was pity, as if it were he who was my governor and my judge. I saw him still standing there alone and his head was still high. And I remembered what I had read that a Greek philosopher said. The lonely man is the strongest man. At that moment, the Nazarene was greater than his race, and I did not feel clement towards him. He was beyond my clemency. I asked him then, Are you the king of the Jews? And he said not a word. And I asked him again, Have you not said that you are the king of the Jews? And he looked upon me. Then he answered with a quiet voice, You yourself proclaimed me king. Perhaps to this end I was born, and for this cause came to bear witness unto truth. Behold, a man speaking of truth at such a moment. In my impatience I said aloud to myself as much to him, What is truth? And what is truth to the guiltless when the hand of the executioner is already upon him? Then Jesus said with power, None shall rule the world save with the spirit and truth. And what was the spirit and what was truth when I, for the sake of the state, and they from jealousy for their ancient rights, delivered an innocent man unto his death? No man, no race, no empire would halt before truth on its way towards self-fulfillment. And I said again, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, You yourself say this. I have conquered the world before this hour. And this alone of all that he said was unseemly, inasmuch as only Rome has conquered the world. It would have been within my power to save him. But saving him would have caused a revolution. And it is always wise for the governor of a Roman province not to be intolerant of the religious scruples of a conquered race. I believe unto this hour that the man was more than an agitator. What I decreed was not my will, but rather for the sake of Rome.
2: After that day in the groves, Jesus' image visited my privacy when I would not be visited by man or woman, and his eyes searched my soul when my own eyes were closed, and his voice governs the stillness of my nights. I am held fast forevermore, and there is peace in my pain and freedom in my tears, beloved friend. You have never seen that man, and you will never see him. He is gone beyond our senses, but of all men, he is now the nearest to me.
1: Not long after, we left Palestine, and from that day my wife has been a woman of sorrow. Sometimes even here in this garden. I see a tragedy in her face. I am told she talks much of Jesus to other women of Rome. Behold, the man whose death I decreed returns from the world of shadows and enters into my own house, and within myself I ask again and again, what is truth and what is not truth? Can it be that the Nazarene is conquering us in the quiet hours of the night? It should not indeed be so, for Rome must needs prevail against the nightmares of our wives.